Hey, hi, and hello, everyone. Welcome to Maine Education Matters, your number one source for information and uh, extremely mediocre analysis of all things Maine education from the uh, Legislation Educational Cultural Affairs Committee and things beyond. We listen so you don't have to. My name is Matt. And my name is Julie. How are you doing today, Julie? <sighs> it's it's a Monday, Matt. It's a Monday. Yes, as we are recording this, we, we normally try to record uh, later in the week so we can do like a recap of the week. But things last week just went uh, completely wacko. And so we couldn't get things done. So we're a little bit behind this week. Sorry about that to all of our uh, dedicated Faithful 17 listeners. Um, and we're, we will get caught up on the public hearing that's happened. As we're recording on uh, March 22nd, there's a public hearing happening today. We'll get you caught up on that after it's happened. But just so you know of the bills that are coming up uh, today in case or on, uh, at one o'clock on the 22nd with LD 326, an act to authorize lifetime teaching certificates. Uh, that won't be controversial at all. Uh, <laughs> LD 350, an act to increase the number of courses regarding autism spectrum disorder that count towards special education certification. Uh, LD 552, an act to strengthen the individualized education program process. And LD 639, an act to improve professional training for school counselors. So there are four hearings happening March 22nd, as we are recording. We're not, we don't have information on that for you, so we'll get that for you at our next episode. Yes, we will, Matt. You know, because uh, sometimes things happen. In, in education? No. Occasionally. No. no. Every once in a while, things kind of happen. And things actually are happening uh, fast and furious, um, which are some of actually Matt Shea's favorite movies, uh, at the Educational Cultural Affairs Committee. Um, they've had a lot of bills come before them recently. Uh-oh, Matt. I have a question. And it's a tan it's a tangential question. Okay. All right. When you mentioned Matt Shea and Fast and Furious, the first thing that popped into my mind, um, back when I was the number one fan and just a listener, one of the references that you would often speak about, but I had no idea, and I almost Wikipedia'd it once. What was the Borg Nine? Who's Borg Nine? Why are you laughing at me? <laughs> uh Ernest Borgnine was an actor um, and he was in Poseidon Adventure and um, uh, a number of different things that are blank from, you can Wikipedia him. And he was just, he, he it, we we think that there should be, we thought that there should be more Borgnine. Okay. More, uh, there's more, more Borgnine in the world. And then uh, well, a friend and a listener, Jeff Bailey made a great reference to saying, making it a, com a combination of the Borg from Star Trek Next Generation and the number nine so then it, it just devolved from there. Okay. I think that was helpful. I'm sorry to, to take you um, on a tangent, but when things pop in my mind, hey. if I don't share them, then they just consume so much space and it just snowballs from there. You, you know what, the, what would help with that? It's more Borgnine. <laughs> well, I feel better knowing that Borgnine. I think I can, I think I know what Ernest Borgnine actually looks like. Maybe I did Wikipedia him. Yeah, Borg nine for days, people. Borg nine for days. Okay, so now what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about the work sessions that happened on, well, 
both March 15th and March 17th because there was a little bit of um, repetition in some of them. Okay. Um, so let's start off with one that has a lot to do with uh, where, where we are in terms of um, curriculum instruction and assessment, LD 277, an act to discontinue the use of the SAT in Maine schools, uh, presented by Representative Brennan. And as a reminder, uh, this bill prohibits the Commissioner of Education from including the use of the SAT as a method for assessing student performance in the state assessment program and to develop an alternative alternate method for the SA to, to replace it. Can, did you listen to this one? You know, I did and I took notes on it. And what's foggy for me right now, I believe they tried to distinguish between supporting schools still having the SAT offered for students who are college bound, but not making it, taking off that mandatory accountability piece. Did yeah. I imagine that or is that? No, no. That's, that, that's what it was all about. And that's, I think some people just got really lost in those weeds of this discussion. Like it's not saying the, uh, the schools can never ever again use the SAT in their schools, which is the interpretation. Like no, no, no schools ever allowed to test use the SAT again. <laughs> That's absurd. No one's saying that. What they're saying is, hey, maybe you don't use it for assessment and accountability purposes. Um, and I think the the uh, some of the testimony, and I believe the main curriculum association leaders association said something like, hey, you want to use, you want to use it for, uh, you want to want to fund the districts to be able to get them money to be able to give those students who need access to the test you want to fund that great we're all in support of it right god bless us in maine but i don't think we have the uh ultimate authority to to say to the college board yeah we're just you know when when college admissions see someone from maine they're just not going to they're going to realize that you know we've outlawed the sat uh, just just flat out outlawed it that's just, right just just billy the kid did the whole thing so, uh, anyway, that went through and it got voted on and it wound up being a divided report with a majority of ought to pass as amended and the minority of ought not to pass. But we're not sure what the amendment is. Not sure what the amendment is because uh, these things happen fast and furious when you're trying to, uh, that's the second fast and furious time I've said that uh, during during the sessions and they're not always posted when they're when or if they're posted, we will see if we can I'll make them available or let you know about them, but I don't know what the attendant is. I don't know. No idea. I'm, I'm intrigued by all of these divided reports though. So let's let's continue. What's the next? The LD. next uh, LD 281, an act to address student achievement gaps. Another by Representative Brennan. Now was this number nine for him? Um, this one as of as of current statistics is number nine uh, he's done uh nine nine bills so far good for him he's clearly keeping busy um this is the one that added a, just like a 10 million dollar bump to address student achievement gaps yes and we talked about how that 10 million dollars would have to come from somewhere so you're going to rob peter to pay paul as the expression goes. Right. 
Uh, so that bill itself was also voted on and uh, voted ought to pass as amended uh, with a majority or divided report, minority report ought not to pass. Again, eight to five, it's pretty much straight down party lines. And once again, we're very helpful because we don't know what the amendment is. I know, but was this one that had, was this yet another prompting for a study to pull together a task force? There seem to be many of those. I'm now that you say that, I'm pretty sure that that's exactly what happened. They changed it to be a resolve to figure out what needs to happen. So I have an idea to share, and I Ooh. hope someone from the state is listening. Um, They're probably not. Well, it's March Madness. And as I was listening to testimony on the 17th, I was also filling out my bracket. And I was imagining, actually, it was when I was watching the Today Show and they had a bracket on favorite or most beloved St. Patrick's item. So follow me, I am going to land somewhere with this point. <laughs> Imagine if we had March Madness with a bracket that had to do all of these different task force ideas, because the DOE cannot have 16 different task forces, right? So we create a bracket and we have some real in-depth discussions and smackdowns and bring it down to a final four so it's manageable. I think I'm onto something with that, Matt. I, I think you are onto something there. And would you be amenable to not only with the bracket, but make it Thunderdome style? so that the Bills sponsors had to go into the octagon with a steel cage match and had to like duke it out for their task force to win? No, that only pertains to when we're talking about number one fandom for Maine Education Matters. We what, can employ what, Thunderdome for that, but I'm what, serious. What it, we, we create a bracket every March with all of these different task force ideas, task force for food service directors, task force for achievement gap, task force for reading proficiency. And we really contemplate, okay, what are the four, the final four task forces that we are going to put all of our energy in and do a bang up job rather than these 16 to 20 ideas that are out there. Do you see where I'm going? I see where you're going with this. And, and I love the idea. And I hope that someone does that because um, it sounds like a lot of work. I think Pender, I think Commissioner Macon should hire me. Um, Period. To, just stop just, there. Yeah, just hire me and this will be one For of anything. my projects. I think they should just hire you to walk around and provide sunshine in the DOE. Thank you. One of my superintendents used to call me sunshine. Yeah. I like that. Thanks, Matt. Okay, I'm sorry. I really am taking you on tangents. No, you're all so, you're all good. So what what we what we just came down to is basically saying, hey, folks, enough of the task force. Let's it's it's probably enough by now. Uh, LD three sixty two a resolve to require the Department of Education to form a family income data collection working group. Um, I think that's the same thing. A task force. <laughs> See, it is exactly the same thing as a task force presented by Representative Brennan out of Portland um, and uh, ended in a divided report with 
you've heard a lot of the discussion whenever these things come up is you hear folks on the committee saying, and it's the same people every time, but they're saying things like, why do we need to study more things? You sound like David Woodsum, Senator Woodsum. Why do we need to study more things? Yeah. We, don't, we don't need to study it. We know what it is. So why do we need to study it? I'm like, well, if we knew what it was, we wouldn't we do something about it. Because if we didn't, if we knew what it was and didn't do anything about it, isn't that willful ignorance? Mm -hmm. So stay tuned and we will let you know which task force slash working group slash group of concerned educators slash slash slash. Yep. The last two um, for that work session on that day were LDs 380 and 430, both of which had to do with virtual charter schools. 380, an act to change the statutory cap on virtual public charter school enrollment presented by Senator Pouliot out of Kennebec. This is the one that just changed the overall cap to, instead of be like the, the number of 10 to two or whatever number of, or a thousand students to 2% of the population. Then there was 430, an act to provide for school choice and online learning opportunities in response to the COVID-19 pandemic by Representative Andrews out of Paris. And that one said, get rid of the cap altogether. Right. Both of these bills um, passed with a divided report, uh, both, both of which were ought not, majority was ought not to pass. The one that said, get rid of the cap entirely was 10 to three, um, and I, I did not get the count on the 380, but I think it was more, it was a little closer than that. Probably more just on party lines again. Yes, and I wonder if- Not to pass. If 430 had not been in the conversation, if 380, it would have been a different result, but um, yeah, ought not That's to great pass. Great question, I don't know. What do you think? I kind of think, I mean, I, I think Representative Pouliot, is that the sponsor? Yes. Is he the sponsor? Yes. Um, I think coming in at a 2% cap was very thoughtful and it wouldn't have been so detrimental to local districts had a no cap been suggested. So, but we will never know, will we? Uh, unless we want to go back and listen. That sounds like work though. Yeah. Speaking of listening, I listened to the entirety of Wednesday's St. Patrick's Day CTE themed day. CTE day, bunch of bills on that. Can I can I give a little little, little confession for you? I oh. don't. I cannot tell you the last time that I wore green on St. Patrick's Day. I don't think I've ever done it actually, intentionally at least. I have no comment. <laughs> I, it's not that I'm opposed to it. Fine. It's, 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 a, it's a great day in general. Fine people enjoy themselves, but I've just, I've never always walking like, oh, it's that's today. Oh, all right. And there've been several days where I've worn orange and that's apparently not a good thing. No, that is sacrilegious. Sacrilegious. Yes. I like orange though. Well, you will be happy to know that the Joint Standing Committee of Education and Cultural Affairs were, I believe all of them were donning their green and talking about their St. Patrick's Day traditions and how they had soda bread in the oven or corned beef and cabbage. It was, um, it made me very hungry actually to listen, but um, I, I 
appreciated the spirit from the committee, as I always do. So on CTE Day, St. Patrick's Day, when they're talking about soda breads and other things like that, all wearing the green and their shillelaghs, is that that's a thing? I don't, I don't know. Honestly, I don't really know what I'm talking about. Um, they had five bills on CTE or CTE adjacent. Uh, first one was LD680, the resolve uh, to reestablish re the task force to study the creation <laughs> of a comprehensive career and technical education system. Um, 20 pieces of testimony submitted for this. For a task force. For a task force. I'm telling you, my bracket is sounding more and more feasible. Uh, yeah, well, and again, looking at the different, you know, uh, when it comes to funding, there's another one, uh, all these different bills, a lot of testimony in general, since we've seen so far, some of the, some of the most area, I'll tell you, things that bring people out to testimony, charter schools, CTE, and vaccinations, immunizations. Yeah. Those, those are things that bring people out of the woodwork to uh, put testimony on. So what, what, do you, what did you... What were your summaries, things about the testimony and what you heard of the public testimony on LD680, this task force one? We all agree that our workforce is forever change or ever changing and that the more we can collaborate and share ideas on keeping workers in Maine, better training them, um, but I guess in thinking about the testimony that I heard, Matt, a lot of it was, we have some pretty darn good things going on. So how do we leverage things that the community schools are doing, community colleges, things that UMaine is doing with their innovation, things that our CTEs are doing? How do we leverage those good things? I. I guess it comes down to who do you who needs to be at the table? And it reminds me of our fight from the Maine Curriculum Leaders Association that for many years we haven't been at the table with the ed orgs, right? And I've never thought that it was a malicious oversight by any means, but listening to to the testimony, so many of us are in that same situation. So how do we thoroughly prepare? for these conversations and make sure we have the right people at the table because we all want the same thing. We want a better economy. We want kids to learn and, and stay in Maine. And so when you're ready, I have another idea to run by you from this testimony, but that's, that's the premise that we all agree that this is something we want to support. But again, how are we going to find the money without robbing another portion of our educational system. Well, that was kind of where my, my next question was going to go for you, which is if everyone supports this, then to what extent is our current structure and our current system of school actually supporting the abilities for us to do this and to do this well and thoroughly and fully, and not just for uh, you know 11th and 12th graders or 10th, 11th, 12th graders, but feeding it down to middle school and possibly early elementary school and how are we integrating it in? And so I guess part of my question is if everyone agrees to that, is everyone gonna be in agreement that the structures and the systems need to change? And if so, how? I think I have the answer. You do? I do. I'm all ears. All right, 
So as I was listening, and this was very intriguing to me because I do live in a community where we have a CTE. I know many of the educators in that building and know how hard they work. The superintendent is always trying to do what's best for that organization. And if you recall, one of these bills was to address the parity in funding between private and public schools. And that one was very interesting. But as I was listening to all of this testimony, the one on capital improvements and how, you know, when you're in a CTE center, it's not like you can buy a set of books as your materials and call it good. You need tools, you need equipment. And sometimes that equipment is in the six digits, yeah. right? Some of our, our forestry product, um, forestry product needs. So I'm sure there's a valid reason of why we don't do this, but I couldn't help but think why do we have to be confined to the four walls of the CTEs? Why can't we partner with existing organizations and be lab sites? So for example, you see the wonderful commercials on TV from Moody's Collision. I don't know if you see them in the Topsom area, but um, Sean Moody, Gorham native, previously ran for governor, but he has some really fantastic um, commercials about how they support their workers and whatnot. Why couldn't, say, Gorham, where there is a Moody's Collision Center, why couldn't they partner with Moody's and have one of their bays be connected to the school? And that's where kids go to learn on those days. Yep. Think of all the restaurants. Why couldn't a restaurant in a community yep. serve as the lab classroom? Think of the benefits you know, we have hospitals everywhere. I'm sure it's an insurance thing, but I'd like us to think beyond the four walls and really connect with our community. I think it would be a money saver. I think it would be a boom to our economy. People need to listen to me, Matt. I have well, ideas. What you're, what, you're talk, what you're talking about too is also supported by uh, like go down to Massachusetts. They have a tremendous amount of those particular programs that do exactly that kind of thing. They're not necessarily, they are publicly funded, but they also require an application process to get in. Um, a few years ago, a couple of years ago now, um, there was a, um, an application process in the state of Maine for several districts to apply to reinvent a comprehensive high school project program idea. And there were 10 schools that applied or 10 districts, I should say that applied. What it required is that multiple high schools had to close down three different high schools had to close down to build one in particular. Um, and there were 10 that applied, only three actually made the cut who actually did the applications thoroughly. And the first two, they only funded the first two projects. The third project did not get funded. And those first two projects have now over the last couple of years, they've completely um, fallen under because of things like governance and trying to figure out where the location is going to be and how that's all going to work. And so the third location of schools and districts that are, that are doing this, um, which are looking at exactly what you're saying, doing a combination of traditional high school academics, CTE programming, partnering with industry, but also partnering with higher education and the main community college and college system to be able to provide that seamless place and transition right there in one particular building. Um, 
yeah, there's one particular project that is now fully is being fully funded to work and build this. And the, the districts are working on trying to solve that and build that very thing. Wow. Yep. And they are, yeah, it's, it's happening up there in central Maine. Hmm. Well, there, that's exciting, Matt. Sounds like you might have some inside information. I can neither confirm nor deny that I, that I might, I might know some people who may have had some part in designing the application or being a part of the project. I might, I might know a few things here and there, but this is not the place to talk about that. No, this is, this is just saying it is happening in the state and there is a project to do exactly what you're talking about, which is not just to provide this kind of intentional um, integrated learning experience, partnering with industry and having a clear proje uh, pro uh, projection and trajectory into the uh, main economy um, with for every kid, right. not just for those who can get into the program. Yeah. So maybe this, all of this work around the CTEs this year, maybe it can lead to something like that expanding and they can look to this location in central Maine to sort of build upon that. Yeah, I mean, there's, there, well, there's, there, there's it's a long process to do, but I, I do think that the real key to it, because everyone agrees that you have to have a good balance of the uh, academic college pathway, post-secondary, and um, a journeyman slash apprenticeship slash, uh, not traditional four-year college pathway. You have to have them both. Um, and it can't, it, we, we swung kind of way too hard to one over the other. And I don't, I, I worry because education is, a, is, we love pendulums. And so we're gonna, we're kind of, it's kind of swinging the other way to be really heavily CTE and we're moving away from the college pathway. And I'm like, well, hang on, we can't go too far away from the other just because we went for 20 plus years and saying, hey, all college, now we can't do 20 plus years and say all CTE. The key is gonna be that integrative design. You're talking my language, thing. Matt. Very well said, sir. I, I'm, I want your input on something that I don't, where um, do the kiddos in your district have, how many different CTEs can they go to? Do they have access to a few different? They have one, one. access to one. Um, Representative O'Neill, who I've been on committees with, and I think she's a fantastic human being, she introduced a bill talking about the parity in, in subsidy. And as I listened to the independent schools, of which there are 11, as they shared their story to the Joint Standing Committee, they talked about how you know, they can't rightly budget because if a kid goes to CTE, then they end up having to give a third of the subsidy back to the sending community. And I'm thinking, but the kid's not with you if they're going to a CTE program. So if I give you $10 and half of your time is spent elsewhere, Yet I'm only asking you to give me a third of that, $3.33, you're still making out better than the CTE that 
So I, I, I don't, do, can you word it better than I can? I guess I'm not understanding that because the child is not in the seat learning. The child is at CTE. Yeah, um, I think I think they're, 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 I think their only point, the way that I understand it is um, we're responsible for all, a lot of their data, a lot of their other stuff that they have there. We're still, they're still transported to and from our building. Um, and when, you know, we should be getting more of that funding. Hmm. Um, and I don't know where the CTE centers fall on that. I don't know. Well, the I superintendent of, of the CTE, it was very interesting because after um, Representative O'Neill gave her um, testimony or her recap, then um, the community where I work, the headmaster spoke. He did a very nice job, very knowledgeable about it. But then the superintendent of the sending of where he sends students spoke out against it. So it was kind of riveting listening. What you're what you're saying is um, like in um, in the main school management opposition to this bill. Uh, they say this bill, quote, this bill would allow the private academy to charge 100% tuition for their students who also attend the CTE, even though they're only at the academy part of the time. And traditionally, that's two thirds of the school week. Uh, for the down, this proposed elimination of statute makes no sense to us. We understand and appreciate that private schools have costs to cover, but so do CTEs. And those CTE costs will and should grow as we add appropriate programs to serve business and industries in need of workers today and support the development of new programs for the jobs of tomorrow. Yeah, oh, yeah that's that what I was trying to say. Yeah, that sums it up great. Yeah. It says exactly what you said. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That was well, LD 414. That one was 414? Yes. Yep, so we've talked a little bit about the uh, LD-144 to an act to fund capital improvements to career and technical education centers. And again, 19 pieces of testimony and a lot of people being like, yeah. Yeah, but I have the solution. I have the solution. Yeah. Think outside the four walls of your beautiful CTE and create these strong partnerships. So they just, hopefully someone will give me a call and I'll lay it all out for them. Yep. I uh, hope you have your bracket ready because LD 516 was a resolve directing the Department of Education to review CTE courses and provide guidance on high school credit equivalencies. Yeah, that one would make it to the Elite Eight. I know it would. It would. Uh, there are many schools and many teachers and many places that would love to have that direct crosswalk. I know, or I believe some places did it a few years ago. I, yes. I can't find it though anywhere anymore. It, I, it's got lost in my Google Drive or in the ether of the those interwebs, those series of tubes out there that carry information back and forth. I just shake my head though, Matt, because we all could do a better job working smarter, not harder. I, I understand local control, but if there are 27 CTE sites in the state of Maine, and those 27 sites, I'm sure, do a beautiful job working together, but what about the sending high schools? I guarantee that a couple of them have done that crosswalk and have wonderful information to share. Yeah. If I were in charge of the world, of the, of the world I would put John Doty in charge of this and he would bring them all together with his way of sharing ideas like he does for MCLA. See, all right, I have now given three fabulous ideas Man. 
it's, you've just, you've it, just, you've just, dro you just dropped the challenge gauntlet today, haven't you? I have, I have. All right, great. the final one, because I have to go, 572. An act to assist students in preparing for opportunities to live and work in Maine, uh, presented by Representative Stearns out of Guilford. And uh, this is the one that asked, requires districts to put that link uh, on their sites to Department of Labor and Center for Workforce Research Information. It's sad that it has to come into a bill form to, to do this. It seems like if districts are aware, they would add the link, right? Um, you, you, you'd think so. Do you think that it's um, a dangerous prospect to be telling the districts then to be, um, to be forced and say, hey, you got to put this particular link on there. Now, I know we have to do it for title and we have to do it for no child left behind rules or whatever it was. Um, but does this open a door that maybe we don't want that door opened? Yeah, I think that's what the conversation is going to be. I don't think people will refute the idea of the importance of this link, but I think they'll say, if we take this step with this link, you know, how, you know, where else are you going to go with this? So, um, yeah. Yep. Good question. Yeah. So we will get back to you with uh, some more information on the testimonies and hearings on March 22nd, or we'll be following these things. You can get all and keep track of all of the information that's happening um, on our spreadsheet that has links to the bills themselves. We're tracking when the work sessions are uh, and their votes all in one particular place. You can find that it's pinned to our social media profiles. You can find us on Twitter at Maine Ed Matters. Or on Facebook at facebook.com slash main education matters. Uh, and did you want to do any shout outs today? We forgot about those. Um, my shout out today is a teaser Ooh. for our next episode. And all I'm going to say is my shout out goes to Representative Sylvester of the islands in the Portland district that I love this man's energy and enthusiasm. He is worth listening to as you hear him advocate for Maine's manufacturing. Um, shout out to Representative Sylvester. If you haven't heard him, I strongly encourage you because you might think I'm sunshine, Matt, but Sylvester, <laughs> he is sunshine, I'm telling you. So shout out to, to Sylvester. And with that, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Out. <laughs>